Spirit of God, we ask that you would come and fill us. Come, Holy Spirit. Stronger than separation, stronger than shame. Stronger than fear. Spirit of God, and all love and peace and power and healing come fill us. Every heart, every mind, every life. We need you, Spirit of God. So fill us as we pray, as we worship, as we confess. Show us who we are. Amen. Have a seat. We're in the season of Pentecost, and as I said uh, last week, it's the season that is real life for us. It is who we are now because it talks about the Holy Spirit and the life of the Spirit. Uh, Jesus said, uh, it is better for you that I leave, that you would have the Spirit of God come and fill you. <laughs> Look at me, I'm like walking around these drums. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't really know where to stand. Huh? I, I can't do that. I can't switch like that. <laughs> and then I'm too close to the camera and then all the people see struggles. <laughs> I'll be here. I'll just be at the drums if you need me. Huh? Okay. I'll be right here. Luke. Thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll just stand here and twirl. Um, but I, I, I love that the church, kind of, you know, we go uh, celebrate Pentecost, the Holy Spirit coming upon people, upon the church, filling people with the power, the love, the presence that they saw displayed in Jesus. And then the church pulls us back to look once again at what Jesus was like. And I think that, or I, I would be certain to say, because they were given this mandate, go all the power and the love and the healing and the compassion that you've seen displayed in my life, that's going to be you. That's what this whole thing is. And, um, and so the church calls us to look back at like, okay, what was Jesus's life like? And we see immediately, we see healing, we see restoration, we see that he listens to people, that he makes space for people. And so it is with us. He goes up to Matthew, he wrote this book, um, that we're reading this gospel, and he goes up to him and he says, follow me. Matthew probably is a smart guy. He had been, you know, a, attentive to what Jesus was saying, what Jesus was doing, and there was something in his heart that was open to it. But he worked for the enemy. He worked for the oppressor. He worked for the government. And, you know, back then, the government wasn't like it is now. Back then, the government was corrupt and, like, hard to trust and all that stuff. And, um, and so people didn't really know what to do with him because he betrayed his people and his religion, his God. But Jesus, all that Jesus saw was this open heart. He didn't see Matthew the way that other people did, the religious leaders. He saw his heart. And he goes up to him and he says, follow me. Well, he's invited in. He's invited into the gospel. Jesus, when you hear him pray, as recorded in John, his prayer is that we would all be one. As Christ 
and the Father are one, so may they be one with me, I with them, and them with each other, so we can say that the gospel is unity. It's the calling back to oneness, to unity with our creator, with each other. Jesus comes up to Matthew. He says, come join us in the story. Don't be apart any longer. And you know what sin, uh, that the definition of sin is separateness. So what he's saying is, he's saying, you don't have to live this separate life anymore. Come be a part of family. No unity, no love. And so he gets up and he follows him. And then he says, come to my house. He has this party. And it's incredible because all these sinners, what does that mean? People who are living in the reality of being separate. So all these people were coming to this house and they were partying. And, and what, is the, what is the religious leaders do? What do they do with this party? They condemn it. These people aren't like us. These people don't follow the law. These people don't do what we tell them to do. These people aren't under our control, therefore they're bad. Why is Jesus with these people? And Jesus, in total Jesus style, just says, well, this is who I came for. This is why I'm here, for the outcast, for the separate ones, to tell them that they're not in fact separate, but they're included in the unity in the gospel. They're invited to be one with each other, with us, with God. They're invited into that. Pharisees. Pharisees defined means distinguished ones. That's different than separate. Separate is kind of the place that we all find ourselves, right? Feeling apart, feeling disconnected. Distinguished is standing on top in opposition to others based on your own achievement, right? So that's what they do. Religious leaders come in and they say, you can't do this. This is not, this is not part of the plan. This is not what a religious person does. And Jesus throws it back and says, I'm not here for religion. I'm here for love. I'm calling these people into a greater reality, right? Then this guy walks in, busts through the door, He's a religious leader too, and he says, my daughter is sick. She's dying. And so he, he's seeing past all the layers of social norms and religious law and everything, and he comes and he busts through the door of the outcasts and their leader, and he says, my daughter is dying, and I don't know who else to turn to. So they're like, they get up, they don't deliberate it. They're like, well, I don't know about healing. I mean, you shouldn't ask for healing. Like, let's, let's bring in a professional. They're like, someone's in need. They all get up from this party and they start moving towards this dying girl. And all of a sudden, this woman comes and touches the hem of Jesus' garment. He turns around. If you really get into this, he turns around, and, and the word is, he sees her. He sees her. I imagine him, and he just kind of gets on her level. And he says, be encouraged. What? <laughs> <Perfect>. Yes. 
as I rise. <laughs> that was awesome. He sees her. He sees her. And then he says, your faith. Your faith. He didn't say my power, this wonderful club that we've created. He says, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This woman has been suffering hemorrhages for years. She was deemed by the religious authorities and the law and all this stuff as unclean, which means that she was separate. See the theme? She was a separate one. She was looked down upon. She was outcast. She was, people wouldn't touch her, wouldn't go near her. Not only does she carry the physical manifestation of this, but she is wrought with loneliness, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, for being labeled unclean her entire damn life or at least the decades that we know, right? That's what Jesus sees. He sees her as a human with dignity. Gets on her level, be encouraged. Breathe in love, your humanity, acceptance. No longer be a separate one, but you're in. You're loved, you're seen. I think that of all the things that Jesus did that were incredible, I think one of the greatest miracles he performed over and over and over again was to see people. He wasn't building an empire. He wasn't forging, you know, like some kind of new religious club or whatever. I mean, there, there, and I'm not speaking down to anything he did. He saw people. And that somehow is the heart of all of it right? He sees people. Just the way he saw Matthew, he didn't give in to the classifications that the religious leaders wanted to put upon him, or even some of his followers wanted to put upon him. He saw his heart. Then he makes his way to this, to this home where this girl is, is dying on her deathbed. It, probably she did die. She's already dead. They're mourning. They've called in the professional mourners. I imagine he sits at her bedside and he calls her out of separateness, out of darkness. He says, rise. You have a family now. You're home. See how he does that? But she's dead, but it doesn't matter. It's fruitless. Why even go in? Because he sees people. He sees our condition. He sees us in our totality of our hurt, our pain, our joy, our sorrow, our doubt. He sees us as we are. And he moves towards us. And though all the classifications may come against us and all the judgment from religious whatever may come against us and science 
says that we're hopeless, that we're dead, that we should just be mourned and put in the grave. He, he doesn't listen to all that. He sees people past all of that. Are you with me on that? So if we are the body of Christ, filled by the Spirit, which we are, we look back on the life of Christ to see how it is that we are to be in this world. And I would say the thing that we can take through this triad of miracles is that we can see people bloom. See people. Not for what the world says about them or church or whatever it may be, but see with the eyes of the Spirit who people really, really are. Right? And there's so many things that we could pull from all these passages. But to me, the lectionary put them all together for us. The common theme is that they're seen. And every healing, every miracle, every life-changing addition to this community that Jesus, that surrounded Jesus, it started from being seen. When you ask to be filled with the Spirit, when we ask for that every Sunday, hopefully every day, may the Spirit fill us in a way that transforms us, that we see with the Spirit's eyes. Every cashier, every annoying person that cuts in front of us on the way to church when you're already late, <laughs> that happened to me, Every person wearing a t-shirt that says something that we don't like. Whatever it may be, Spirit of God, help me see this person as beautiful and as not separate, but as being drawn into the story of unity on this earth. Right? Every person. Try it together. How about that? Go have a beer, coffee, whatever it is with someone from Bloom, and just try. <laughs> see, every person the way that Christ sees them, the way that you're empowered to see them by the Spirit of God. Then you see miracles. Then you see healing.